welcome to the deep dive. We're back for a little uh, little review here of these two games just gone. Fair bit to discuss. How are you, me, mate, Mick? I'm good, Trent. Yeah, a little little bit to dissect through uh, the the game and the I guess the circus which was played on Saturday night. I, I honestly still can't believe what we saw. Like, I still really don't know. I know on the podcast. I think in the end, I ended up going with. Collingwood, but then in the end, as the week went on, because we obviously did that days and days before the game, I was like, mm, no, the Cats really want this one. I reckon they're just going to get it. But I, I did not see that coming. I didn't. We did. We did not discuss the scenario where Collingwood just don't play. Like I, I had not considered that element at all. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, that was shocking. Um, someone said to me today, "Was that the worst grand final uh, finals loss?" You've seen, and I was like, I thought about this because you and I were speaking about it on the night, and I was like, you know, it's probably, it's the worst since, which isn't that long ago. This is the thing. It's funny, like, you forget things pretty quick, but the Giants-Richmond grand final, like, the Giants were disgraceful, really. I mean, they were okay for, like, 10 to 15 minutes. I mean, that they were better than Collingwood were, no doubt, but then that was a bigger stage, so it's like, I don't know how that balances out. That was pretty bad. Like, they were, yeah, they were awful. It, it's it. It's definitely up there with that game, the 07 Grand yeah. Final, Port Adelaide against Geelong, uh, West Coast and Hawthorne in uh, 2015. That was a good game. That was fine. 2015. They weren't great, the Eagles. They never looked like winning it, but they, they didn't like capitulate like that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the end margin, I guess. I was just thinking their margin was quite significant. But, yeah, probably, yeah. Those two other games that you and I have just mentioned, are pro- they're the ones that come to mind. The, oh, the Port Adelaide uh, capitulation in 07 is probably the the worst that I've seen in finals well, that, um, because it was the grand final. That ruined players. Like, there are Port Adelaide players that that completely ruined. Like, yeah. there there are a range of them admitted that that was just, like, that killed them. Um, so, but definitely in the conversation, this, this current game that kind of played, and I, I dare say it'll have some... Deep scars for many players in that team. Yeah. Oh, it's going to cook them. But anyway, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, massive thanks to our sponsors at Hops to Home. Hops to Home is a craft beer delivery service. Uh, please check them out at hopstohome.com.au. Delicious uh, way to try new fresh craft beers. Uh, very switched on Little Mob, uh, collecting cans of craft beer from across Australia. And then they box them into packs of 10 and 20 and then send them out to your door uh, in a subscription model. So you can pause it and resume it like a lot of these things nowadays. And, uh, yeah, it's a really good way to try delicious craft beer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good uh, good time to get on board uh, over the next few weeks for Christmas presents uh, to family friends getting early before the Matt Rush as outlined from OzPost over the last week or so. Can you imagine, like, how crazy Christmas shopping is going to be? Like, let's say in so we're still in lockdown. This is the uh, 900th month of lockdown. But can you imagine, like, how crazy it's going to be? Like, how slow freight's going to be? How crazy the shops are going to be? Like, it's just going to be terrible. I actually think it makes me think I should try and do as much of it now in terms of shopping yeah, yeah, online. Same. It's going to be horrendous. Get it all Get it all sorted this week. I didn't even consider that. Wow, that's going to be horrible. Um, so, <laughs> so hopstone.com.au. That's a much better present, definitely. If you're looking for a present, um, follow that that pathway. I reckon that's the way to go. Yeah. Um, you can use the promo code AFL Deep Dive to get twenty five dollars off your first pack, um, which makes it even cheaper. So and be sh- oh sorry, and be sure to check it out, mate. Ed on. Um, Give him a on shout his Facebook page. Yeah, oh, look, you good on mate. Ed. He's, Poor Ed. he's doing he's doing doing some wonderful things. I don't know what he's going to do um, now. All the all the major sport AFL's coming to NBA finals just finished. Uh, Roland Garros just is 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 done now. Um, is what's left? Golf. Well, there'll be motorsport. Some fights. Well, there's not a lot of motorsport, and well, there'd be bits and pieces, but. I, it's funny, Ko sent me an email saying, they must know that this is coming, um, as you just said, because they sent me an email saying, um, like, click on this now to get, you know, $5 off every month for the next uh, three yeah. or four months. I and I was like, mm, <laughs> no, no, that's not as cheap, <laughs> no, no, no. That's not as, cheap as you're going to have to make it. Like, Because, there's, 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 as you say, there's, there's, you know, normally the NBA would be like now or in a week or two, which would be, you know, 
then I'm starting to go into that, which is the way they want. That's which is great for them, for people that follow mm-hmm. those two sports. But yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I think I'll have to pause it till kind of February or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, I can keep. Uh, so it's hundred bucks in the hole for watching nothing. Like doing nothing exactly. There'll be very replays. Good. Replays. Look, there'll be. I'm sure there'll be an event here and there where I'd be like, oh, that'd be okay, but. One one or two things. Like this is the thing. Like I, I like a lot of other sports, and I've got time to watch them. So I'm sure yeah. I'm sure we'll survive. But yeah, I, yeah, that's that is true. I think Ko are quietly uh, shooting themselves because a lot of people are going to be turning it back off again. Um, yeah, I think people probably be yeah. pretty exhausted from sport too because they've been watching like constant AFL, like NBA has been going crazy. Like a lot of these sports have been on all the time. NRL. Yeah. Yeah, NRL as well. as well. That's true. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's all going to dry so, up pretty quick. Um, yeah, it, but he's uh, beyond the game. <laughs> he'll cover that. something. I, to, I actually forgot to plug the actual. <laughs> well, no, his website's old mate. Just, just, just put old mate Ed. dot com dot <laughs> <laughs> slash 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 headbang. It's um, just headbang. Yeah. yeah, gets to very interesting content if you do that. Yeah, I'm sure that would be. Yeah, don't type that. <laughs> Um, so we had two games. They they were two games. The first game, it's funny. You look at the scoreline. So Richmond Saints eighty to forty nine, Tigs by thirty one points. Like you look at the scoreline and think this is not a very good game. I actually I enjoyed it for the most part. It went end to end. I don't know. Like it's it's down points were really when either team switched off, which is never that great. Like it's like it it flowed enough so that it was. Like, optically very good. It probably didn't help that, like, the last game we've all seen in Collingwood West Coast was, like, one of the all-time games of the last 20 years. So it probably didn't help coming to this game where your, your bar's set so high for the quality. But it was still very, very good. But St Kilda, just so inaccurate. That's the story. Like, what what, did, what is your takeaway out of this game? Like, obviously, Richmond gets through unscathed. That's what they wanted. But, yeah, the Saints, yeah. they, they were close. Yeah, look, yeah, I, I think that the final margin was quite flattering, for the game uh, for the Tigs, uh, I found it quite very entertaining. Mm. Uh, you and I have constantly said that we're not big on stats, but from a visual perspective, it, I really enjoyed it. And I looked at um, just disposable efficiency throughout the game, and it always sat around the mid 70s and yeah. at some points in the 80s. So it, it was a very clean game of football, but yeah, obviously, there was patches from both sides where they sort of zoned out, and um, obviously, a couple of Minor frackers uh, from Richmond players, but that's that's the nature of uh, ruthless teams. They they play on the edge, uh, and there's always going to be one or two players in the team like that that overstep the boundary a little bit. Uh, I've got I, I had no problems really with uh, any of those incidents. Won't go into them too much, I don't think, because they were just little finds in the end. But, but look, the Saints are oh, devastated before the game started with the three big outs. You, you throw one of them in, you, especially if it's Paddy Ryder, or that that def- automatically brings it to a probably 20-point game. Um, and then, yeah, Loney and, and Carlisle, yeah, different ben, game. Ben but, as well. Um, yeah, exactly right. Um, so, yeah, look, the, the Tigs did everything um, they needed to, to to always be at arm's length, I guess. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good game of football. And, yeah, had we not had that blockbuster to end the first round, I think we'd be talking this game up a little bit more than um, what we currently are as a collective. It is a bit of a shame that, like, it was one of those games where one of the teams was kind of a bit neutered. Like, they were, you know, I, I agree. Like, if you put those guys in, I think they win it. I honestly, or, or it gets really, really tight. Gets really tight. Gets yeah. really tight. Um, I think the Tigers would lift, but yeah, I, it's funny. Like they were forced to change a few things. Marshall had to play down back a lot more than than they probably like. Um, the pressure from Richmond at the start was was much higher. Dusty started in the middle, which you know I'm not too surprised on. They wanted to, you know, push it straight away and put a stamp on the game. Um, Lynch kicked that first, asserted themselves really early. He obviously played very physical. He played on the edge, which the whole the whole team did. They were very aggressive. Um, I saw Matthew Lloyd comment during the week. I can't remember what platform, but he was basically saying that nice teams don't win flags, and it's true. Like I, it's funny. Like I was going back, and I'm like, oh yeah, that team's kind of nice, but not really. Like they're pretty ruthless. Or there's some that are more <laughs> crazier than others. But then, like generally yeah, speaking, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, 
obviously Hawthorne in the 80s were ruthless and all that sort of stuff. But but these guys, you know, yeah, I think that that's why partially they, you know, partially why they've won these flags is that that's part of it as well. But yeah, there were different elements to it. Like, well, we'll start from a Richmond perspective, but there were different elements to it from a St Kilda's perspective, uh, not just the outs that I think they really could have won this. And obviously the inaccuracy is a huge part of it, but there are others as well. But um, obviously huge for Richmond to get Edwards back. Um, he was amazing. He's just so good. He's kept himself in incredible form. He looks like he hasn't missed a beat. He looked unreal. Um, I thought Edwards, um, yeah, Edwards swooping in mid to forward was really nice. Good balance. Uh, they worked that balance out a bit better than they did in the previous game. Basher's probably had his best game in a little while. I thought Basher Hawley was really good. Um, not that he's been in bad form, but he, he just looked that little bit better. Pickett looks a little bit more comfortable at AFL level as well. Um, which is great to see him, you know, obviously he had that ridiculous grand final, but, you know, he was, no one touched him the whole day. So, but now he's starting to really kind of build that confidence that he can perform at at this high level. Um, Yeah. I mean, look, Richmond just set up defensively so fast. It was just too hard to to cover. Um, I think the St. Kilda, they did look a little bit tired at times, Um, a little bit confused structurally, but like... (sighs) I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it now, I guess, but, you know. Yeah. Hill. I, I look, I go. agree. Sorry. Go. Hill. Well, yeah, sorry. Just to continue with what you were saying, yeah. um, St Kilda would not give them an inch to get the game on, on their um, way of playing at all. Like, even, even for a split second where they opened up and got someone loose on the wing with a mark, there was a rich defender marking the, the spot within seconds. So they couldn't even look inside to, to move on really quickly, which is their, um, their preferred uh, method of playing. And, and that's how they've won a lot of games this year. And they were ruthless. And um, I'll probably touch on what you're about to lead into with Hill. He was suffocated. And I think that was partially due to uh, Richmond's super abilities to double back and, and set up defensively super quick, but also with no rider, um, the inside mids were having to work probably 30 to 40% harder to get the ball, which meant trying to release it on the outside was near impossible. So he had one of the worst games I've seen, honest, uh, which is no ill, irrespect, uh, Ill respect to him as a, as a footballer. He's had a pretty good year, but I think you reckon? they didn't really need yeah, for someone coming across into a new side, I, I thought he had a yeah. pretty good year. Um, he had an okay year, he, I reckon, but yeah. Oh, yeah, not a mind-boggling year. It wasn't no. like last year at Freo or his final year at Hawthorne. I think those two years were quite exceptional, but he bought, I guess, an element to the St Kilda side that they had been lacking, but he was he was, he was either missing or Richmond uh, did an excellent defensive job on him because... I think he had 50 metres gain to half time and he averages like 400 or 500 for a game. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've got a few takeaways from him. Like, I, I think he had an okay year. I, I definitely believe the argument that he's just come into a new side. They're playing a different way. He's never been coached under Rat. And I get, I, I totally get that. Um, it's hard. I, I don't know whether I, I've never been someone that highly prescribes to the argument of, oh, well, he's been paid. X amount he should play that way. That never happens. Like Jeremy Cameron's on a million dollars a year. Well, not never happens. Obviously, it happens. But like that have all the time scenarios like that happen, right? Um, you know, so like, you know, Cameron's on a million bucks and he's he had a terrible year um, after the after the Coleman last year. But anyway, the, the point with Hill is, to me, uh, he's had a couple of okay games. He's been okay through the year, serviceable. But where I really struggled with him on the weekend was... It just seemed lazy, and and he played Melbourne-esque in that he always hangs around the outside. He, When the structure in the game changes, he never seems to want to be... I know that's not his role, and I get the argument as well with him that people are like, oh, well, he really suffers from the shorter games because, you know, he's missing that crunch, you know, junk time you know, running and stuff, but I, I don't, I don't like that argument so much. I think that's that's a bit of a lazy excuse, really, for why he's out of form. But so many times he's on the outside, 
ready for the exit or he's sitting two or three links into a chain, not supporting the play when it... Like, there's a number of scenarios where you can tell he was never going to get the ball. So he's way on the outside, one or two links away, ready to go for that run. And I get that's what his role is at times, but that's going to change. You don't see Basha Hooley doing that. I know Basha's not, you know, he's more in the twilight of his career now. The irony is you do see Saad do that a bit, um, speaking of. But I, I don't, I, I get his purpose and I get that idea. But when it's not working, you're not winning, he needs to change his role up. And at times it looked lazy where he's hanging around two to three links out and the ball was never going to make a turn. So I don't know. I think he needs to work on his defensive game and I think he needs to work on changing mid-game and understanding the game plan a bit more for me. Yeah, and it's, yeah, not necessarily changing how he plays. He's not expecting him no. to go in and get the hard ball. But you're right, he, he could position himself better um, being a senior player rather than three links away in a chain, B1 or two. Yeah. So he gets involved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not wanting him I to agree. I'm not at all suggesting he's not that player. I'm not saying I want him to be that inside midfielder. Obviously, that's that's just no. that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that he needs to either assist that first link or try and be that first link. Too often, mm. he was on the outside where he's clearly positioning for an exit and there's a, a much younger player, a less experienced player there in the inside against a very good side in Richmond. I, I just thought that at times it looked lazy. And I know at, yeah. t- at times I'm sure he thought, well, I need to be here because if the ball does exit out, what do you expect me to do? Like he would say if he was here, he'd be saying, well, well that's how it, I'm taught to play. You know, I've got to be there ready to go if, if, if that's what's to happen. But AFL's a 360-degree game. It's not like you know, American football or something where, like, you know, obviously certain players have to play in certain positions. It's not like that. Like, you, you're going to need to be diverse. You can't just stay in that role the entire game unless your team is unbelievable and they stay like that all the time and they just mow through teams, which is just so unlikely. That's just not going to happen. So, I don't know. I, yeah. that, that, to me, that, well, that bothered me. Yeah, he's running capacity anyway. Being the first link's probably an advantage because if he offloads, he can just gut run and be a third or fourth link up player. Yeah, we've seen him do it before. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it, he was probably lazy for large parts of that game, and whether that's him or he's just not feeling confident um, enough in a new team to to be super assertive um, or. More or is he is he stuffed from last week? Who knows? But it did, did didn't look ideal. I, I mean, um, listening to your comments on on his play, uh, probably could have got even done a lot more for his team being a senior player at St Kilda now. Particularly when it was so obvious that Richmond were going to be highly aggressive, they were going to set up really fast defensively. Like it was not like there was any massive surprises. This is how Richmond play. So yeah, you know, like why can't you assist in trying to stop this? rather than being that outside run player when you're barely getting at, at times. Like, they were, there were gaps where they weren't getting that many insides anyway, and yet he was still trying to do that. And it was like, stop trying to play that role. It's not working. You need to assist in other ways. He needs to add more strings to his bow, ultimately. Um, if he's going to win, yeah, look, yeah. It's hard because I think all, all of St Kilda's recruitment's been great. And based upon his previous performance, you think, wow, that's a great sign. But ironically, he's the highest paid of all their new recruits and it didn't work. So I don't think it worked this year, really. It was okay at times, but overall, I'm not sure it was a pass. So I, I don't know. It's But yeah, the, the biggest, the worst part of it, though, for me, with, with all the new recruits was just that, that Paddy Ryder couldn't play. Like, he seems like such a nice guy. And having gone through the drug saga and everything around it, he finally wins a final because he's been at Essendon for so long. He'd never won a final. Um that can't be true. He must have won one at Port. Really? Had he never, um, had he, did he never win a final actually at no, Port? That, no, because that year, that, that uh, was the last year they played finals. Yeah. Um, and he was out for that year. I just thought so about that. Yeah. Yeah, so missed him then obviously, yeah, then obviously moved to St Kilda. So. Everybody kept saying it, so that must be the case. But in my head, I'm like, hang on a second. Um, yeah, it doesn't make, it doesn't logic, it, it doesn't sound right, does it? <laughs> When I think initially, I was like, "Oh yeah," because he played at Essendon, which is kind of funny. But then I was like, "But hang on." Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to Richmond as well. Like, yeah, I mean, 
they're just so good. Like they and, and they were playing in really sort of third or fourth gear. Jack's in pretty bad form, really. Like let's be honest again, he's really gone back to pretty average form. He couldn't get the ball. His running patterns were super weird. But look, he took he took um, Marshall a lot of the time. Um, he took you know their better defenders a lot of the time, depending on who they switched off, and it freed up Lynch. And um, Lynch yeah. could Lynch could really have kicked a massive bag. Um, in the end, it didn't happen. But yeah, he's he's obviously an enormous in like. It's interesting. I was watching Jack and someone else, mate, well, was texting. He goes, saying very similar things to you. And I was, oh, I look at it very differently. I'm like, nah, it's a ploy. He's, he doesn't, I reckon Hardwick just goes, mate, you, you and Lynchy, just whoever kicks the first goal or gets their hands on it first, they're, they're the target. The rest, just do whatever. Just because. You can't leave Jack alone. He's always going to have a key defender on him or a good defender. So you just drag him out, get, make them non-existent within the game. And I, whether that's right or not, I he, yeah, I couldn't knows. even tell you who was on it. I couldn't even tell you who was on it because they didn't touch the ball, ball either. And I reckon from an uh, offensive perspective, that's pretty awesome for Richmond. <laughs> Who's that defender? I don't know. He's not touching it. Don't care. <laughs> I saw, yeah, I saw a few people say that St Kilda were a little bit at times undisciplined. I think that's true in the first half of the game, but it's that aggressive, um, that aggressive football that Richmond play. It, it's funny. Brisbane used to do this too, and even Hawthorne as well in their and the thirteen to fifteen run. Um, that it really does. It throws you off. It's not just that highly aggressive nature. Obviously, then encourages you to retaliate and then give away freeze and so on and so forth. It's not just that, though. Mm. Like, it mentally throws you as well. So that that definitely worked. Um, Richmond had pretty mixed entries at times. They probably should have won this game by a bit more, I reckon. But I don't know. Yeah, they could have They could have been eight or nine goals up at halftime, really, um, had they yeah. just lowered their entries um, into the 50. Yeah, I, I thought they bombed it in a bit too much as well. Lynch missed a couple of ridiculously easy ones as well, so that probably didn't help. But... Um, I mean, there's no point. I mean, the Cochin tackle, it was careless. He didn't get even cited for it, so there's no point discussing it now. Um, Lynch, $750 fine. Uh, like, they were never going to suspend him for it, but I, 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 a few people have asked me what did I think of Lynch during the game. It's definitely stupid what he's doing, and I know he mm. wants to play on the edge, and I get that, and I think it's a good thing. And if you look, like, he had scratches all over his neck. Like, the defenders really go at him hard, absolutely, but... He really needs to be careful. Like, it does make me nervous. I think he plays a centimetre or two too close to the edge. I think he needs to pull it back slightly because one day he's going to give Tom Hawkins style. He's going to, like last year, he's going to give away um, a, a suspension and then he won't play and then they're going to massively need him in a final. So I don't, maybe not, but it, it does feel like it's it, he gets a little bit too close to it. And there's been a number of incidents. Yeah, I agree. I, I... And while I didn't physically do anything to the opposition player, I think the $750 fine was absolutely ludicrous. Um, it should have had a two in front of it. Yeah. Um, just to make him go, mate, you're a centrepiece player. Um, kids will go up to you. Don't do it again. Because it's think, just... Yeah. Because it only has to be a little bit hard or, or a little bit to the wrong side and it can do cause some serious damage. Uh, we're talking neck and head here, so he needs to I stop doing like it. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, I didn't like the the, the small fine. I thought I thought it was worthy of a fine and not a um, suspension, but I would have thought a much larger fine just to just to put notice on everyone in the game that this is unacceptable behaviour. Don't do it. Well, I think part of the problem is I 100 percent agree with you. I think the issue is with the fine size was, and this was I think a mistake by the AFL was what they did was. Um, reduce the fines overall for the entire league um, significantly because they're on reduced pay. But I think what they could have done, which would have been smarter, would be, um, I think it's in Norway, where if you earn like, <laughs> you earn like half a million dollars as a CEO, yeah. you get like, you get like a, yeah, you get like a $10,000 spending fine. So like it, that, yeah, that that's I, right. which yeah. is wild. Lots of Scandinavian it's one countries. Of the, yeah, it's perfect. It's one of the Scandinavian countries or maybe multiple ones. I, I think it's great. Mm. But, um, yeah, so um, it'd be funny. You pull over Jeff Bezos and he has to pay like a $3 million fine. Um, but, yeah, no, so... <laughs> you, 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 you haven't got a job. Uh, don't spend it again. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, they probably could have median median weighted it because the reality yeah. is like what what are they afford. what do they end up getting? Bigger. What was the percentage the players ended up getting? Like sixty percent or something? What they were on at sixty five or something weird? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it was it's over half because I know that I know the AFL were adamant, really adamant about capping it at sixty, but I think it would just. Just went over somewhere that yeah sixty two and a half to sixty five or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so let's let's so educated guess means that he's probably yeah. still being paid six six fifty six hundred. I don't know. He's still on very good money. So if he gets a two and a half thousand dollar fine, it's still um, pocket change. So um, yeah. seven hundred fifty dollars is, is a complete is a joke. Um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, look, uh, I I felt for the Saints like they you know obviously they they've got to get. It's funny because they've actually not been that inaccurate of a team. They played Richmond earlier in the year, mm. and what did they kick fifteen six or I can't remember the exact scoreline, but they, you know, yeah, they were super accurate, and they have been most of the season. They've been quite a, quite a good team in front of goal, uh, multiple avenues to goal, that type of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, look, it was again perceived pressure and actual pressure um, does a lot. To the opposition uh, and Richmond, obviously the best at it at the moment. Um, and as you touched on, like the Brisbane teams of the early two thousand Hawthorne, a few years ago, like got all skillful players um, and, and a system that works. But then you add that um, extra dimension of um, pressure and aggression, uh, it just puts the other team off, like completely off their game, uh, and they and they struggle to adapt. And that's what happened. Saints really did come in and out of the game, though. Like, at one point in the third, they were 8 out of 10 inside 50s. So they had a lot of the ball for a long period of time in the third quarter, and they had way more composure going inside. But then, like, th- this was only for fragments of the game. They, uh, You know, Ratton summarised it quite well after the game. He's like, we just need to get better for longer. Um, yeah. I think he's like, I actually agree with them. I actually think they're nearly there, but they need to be able to do it for a lot longer. It also appears that you can just throw the ball now. Like I think it, it, we may as well just may as well just include it in the, in the rules now. Um, I actually noticed tonight that Razor Ray's. Um, I don't know if he's been suspended, but he's been out because he no, he's injured or something. Oh, I don't know. Oh, well. well, he couldn't. He can't throw the ball more than a foot in the air. But then on top of it, now I think that he missed a heap of throws. Like just at like just it was very obvious what, what was going on. And yet anyway, um, but yeah, look. Battle as well. This is another weird subplot of this game. Josh Battle was off the ground for like six years. Like he was legitimately off the ground for like 35 minutes. And at one point yeah. it was like he is injured, very injured, not coming back. Like, but then he came back and he was okay. And it was like, he came back and like kicked a goal almost immediately. And I'm like, mm. what is happening? What did they think was wrong for that insane <coughs> length of time? Like what? Very, very strange. I don't, I, like, well, I guess we'll find in the, in the wash of what actually went on there. But um, so it sounds like Carlisle's got another contract. It sounds like Ryder got another contract. So that's that's um, that's good news because Carlisle I don't feel as sorry for, but at the same time, um, I, you know, I'll make um, Snapchat. But at the same time, I do think, you know, still, you know, still average that he missed it. But yeah, so that's the game, I think. Um, Jack Steele obviously was huge again. I still think he's a bit of a chance to win the Brownlee. Probably won't, but I reckon he'll go deep. Um, yeah, I reckon, yeah, I reckon it's been a while. I, I'm trying to think of oh, Dusty was the last Brownlow winner from the Premiership side, wasn't he? Uh, yes, because five won it last uh, year. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just. I, I mean, I'd have to go back and, and look at the stats. It just seems like it's been, except for Martin, it seems like it's been a while where. A premiership team or one of the top team, two or three teams had a Brownlow winner, and that's come from well, someone, another team in the eight. Oh seven. So, all right. If we go back so a while, reckon, go. Sorry. No, I just so I reckon Steele's a good chance, and obviously he just won the BNF first the Saints as well. I think you're right. I think there's something <coughs> in that. So Bartell wins it in 07, but they win the flag. Cooney wins it in 08, so there's one. Um, they didn't obviously win. They haven't won a flag. Well, they mm. didn't 16, but he wasn't in it. Um, 09 was Ablett, yes. I think it was Gary Ablett's yeah, first. Um, so they won that one. Um, 10 was Judd, and everyone thought Swan would win it, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And then 11 was the one where everyone thought Judd would win it and Swan won it. No, I think it might be the other way around. Right. Yeah, because then it doesn't matter. Who knows? But I think you're right. No. I think, I think a, good, a good half the time you're right, where it's a player that was huge through the year. Um, yeah, so like Freo didn't play finals last year and Fife won it. So... Yeah, look, it'll be interesting. 
I can't see being won by anyone other than Steele, Boak, or or Neil. As a side note, now that we just touched on the brand, like they're, they're my three. I think it'll be one, one of those two that get get the okay. this year. And I think look, it's, <clears throat> it it might be good for Richmond in that they didn't play a flawless game. In that there's a few things for them to work on. Um, mm. Oh, geez, they've got to try. I wrote in my notes as well. They've got to try and keep Broad. I know he can't keep everybody, but it looks like he's definitely. You'd think he's definitely gone. Jeez. But G had a good game. I, I think he was um, so, especially yeah. in that first quarter and a half. He he was really um, setting the tone and, and had some really good run, which is great. Like he obviously um, is unsure of where he, his career is next year, um, and I think he put on a great show for whether yeah. He gets an extension at Richmond or other suitors go, yeah, we'll give him a bit more and make him a, a starting 20. Because he's a starting 22, essentially, in any, almost any other side. I guess the one thing... Port that, a, sorry, go. I was going to say, Port Adelaide's probably the only side that he wouldn't be a walk-in start because they've got a fairly um, structured and, and good back six at the beginning. Oh. But he'd probably be on the bench. I don't reckon he gets into Geelong's. They're, they're very good. Um, next year? Oh, surely one of those. Well, next year with retire. actually, yeah. That, well, that's interesting. With Harry Taylor, if he retires, mm. maybe they use some of that. Anyway, interesting. That's a, that was my only thinking anyway. That's, yeah, that's no, no. scientist, I, isn't it? I think the one thing <coughs> that Richmond possibly have going for them is that there won't be as much cap room. So, like, you know, there won't be those like Ellis where he could get those, you know, 600000 which is way overs for him, but they pull him out of the club and then offer... I mean, he's a very good player, but 600000 I'm not quite sure he's, you know, a $600,000 player. But uh, anyway, there's a heap of players that are way overpaid. But anyway, so look, there's heaps to um, heaps for Richmond to have a look at. Um, you know, a bit arrogant defensively late in the first quarter as well, allowing some of those junk time goals. Um, yeah, yeah that look, one right on the quarter foot time, sorry. And oh, I, shit. I thought it was a bit, bit yeah. lazy. And, lazy, yeah. yeah. A bit about arrogant as well. So I'm like, I wrote I'm that not, too, uh, arrogant defence. Yeah. yeah. Um, Vlosten yeah. as well, like I just yeah, just uh, a couple of times. But the Lynch versus Dougal Howard battle was good. Like it had look, it had a lot going for it. It was a good game, um, which is something we cannot say about the next game. Uh, are you happy to move on? Is there anything? Yeah, more? yeah, happy? absolutely. Well, no, no, no. Other than yeah, Tiggs did exactly what they needed to do to get over the line. Yeah, um, and I think we'll see a more disciplined, more aggressive Richmond uh, this week. But we'll get into that in the preview. We will. Um, Cats pies. Um, Cats by nearly well eleven goals, a uh, hundred to thirty-two. Uh, Hawkins kicked his six hundred goal as well, which is good. But um, yes, yeah, so a sixty-eight yeah. points to the Cats. And at one point, it was uh, it looked like the Pies wouldn't score a second or maybe a third goal. It looked like it was legitimately going to be that's it, goal, and, two goals. And, and a team just kicked a hundred points, and in one complete quarter, only three points were kicked collectively. Mm. That's astounding. That, this, this is the most one-sided game. Misunderstood. Like if you told someone, it's like yeah, it was a it's a. Cut cutthroat final. This is someone who doesn't know football or never seen it. This is a cutthroat final. One team had, had, had lost the game they should have won, and the other came from nowhere to win in a, in a Mirror game game. of the century type of game. Yeah. Um, and it was a blowout. And there was a, and, and, and one quarter, but basically no score. They would have gone, nah, that's not sport, mate. You, you, you're making up a you're making up a game in your head because it just doesn't make sense. None of this game makes sense at all. As I said at the start, this, I am still shocked that this is what happened. I still cannot believe that that's the scoreline and that's what happened. Yeah, Geelong either. were incredible. It was it was a perfect storm in that it was one of Dangerfield's absolute best games. Selwood was huge. Um, Stanley was fantastic. Tui was excellent. Um, Hawkins kicked straight. Like it, it had. Absolutely everything for them. All their all their stars, all their mid tier, the whole team. Parfit was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just had it had everything. Duncan, Duncan was almost absent. Was almost technically perfect. Yeah. Well, there was thinking about it. Ninety two percent efficiency or something ridiculous. Yeah, Sel was kicking when at like ninety six or ninety seven. So this game, I'd like to discuss a few of the numbers things because it's it's like a, a black hole. Like some of them are just they just don't make any sense. And um, that's the only thing worth discussing in this game. Let's be honest. It is, yeah. And then on the other side of the coin, it, it cannot be understated just how bad Collingwood were. Like I, if it had finished with them with just the one goal, I think I would have comfortably said. I really do think that is the worst performance I have ever seen in a final. 
Like, had it ended yeah. there, even at two goals, I think I know they got a few junk time goals on it. I don't know. Like, this this was insanely well, the last bad. Quarter, well, the last quarter, just the floodgates were open because the game was all but over. All but over. Officially, they just had, they had to technically play the last quarter and we had 10 goals kicked. 10. And Collingwood still couldn't win that quarter. No, and I think the Cats... Well, the other problem too is... And this is always the case um, when you get into these kind of games. And this doesn't obviously happen very often. But Mm. when you do have a blowout in a... Well, even if you want to look at Geelong Collingwood, as an example, um, 2010 prelim, which was Ablett's last game for the first time round with Geelong. um, Geelong lost that game by like 55 points. Ablett played like lights out. He was like, you know, 50 possessions and absolutely crazy. But... They still lost the game by like 50, 50, 55 points. I can't remember. It's 10 years ago. But they got belted in that game, really. And then in the last quarter, obviously, they, you know, you have to. The problem is you have to conserve. They were playing a grand final the following week. But in this game, you know, the team's heading into a prelim. They don't want any injuries. Um, mm. So you're going to have to have this cue in the rack moments. But this was a disgrace. Like, I just cannot believe, like, a game that was so built up, so hyped up. Imagine had this been, you know, 98,000 at the G. All the excitement of the week, all the pump up, all the noise, all the theatre of the week, all the excitement. And um, like, imagine, I was thinking, like, imagine the Collingwood fans that have travelled to the ground to see this shit. Like, this was ridiculous. Like, I have not seen a team look that gassed in a final. Like, I mean, like, that's the biggest thing we can discuss, I guess, with them. And we'll obviously go well into the Cats, but. Like, it seems incredible. And, like, seeing Buckley and, and Maguire after the game, they both looked completely shell-shocked. And they both said, look, we had absolutely no idea that was going to happen. And you, I believe them. Like, looking on their faces, yeah. they were white. They couldn't... They were like, you know, all the language through the week was positive. The, all the training seemed really good. We obviously didn't look, didn't do any really heavy loaded training, but the training we did, everything looked normal. Like... They, like, no one could believe it. And for the, for, like, literally, it's such a rare game. And, like, from the first, you know, minute, it was obvious that this was going to be a massive blowout. Like, Collingwood looked awful. Like, you know, Pendlebury, uh, even Adams, who's had a mind-blowing year, Pendlebury, Adams, and Trelaw were, like, at 50% of their average disposals of the year. So, you know, I think yeah. Trelaw's average is, like, lot. 27, and he, he had, like, 16, 17 possessions. Trelaw's season average is like 20, making this up, but it's pretty close, 24. And then, like, he ends up with, like, you know, 16, 17. Pendlebury had, like, 14 possessions. Like, this was just a, you know, Grundy off the ground for, like, a 1,000 years. He, he clearly, he has to be carrying something. I, I don't, I just don't yeah. believe Buckley. Like, I, I'm sure they're, they're trying to keep it in-house. And he, he, obviously, Grundy doesn't want it discussed. Um, and the club doesn't really want it out there either, but after last week and then the last... Well, really after last month, but after last month. week when he was off for large portions of the game um, and then now again. Like, I, I, how can he be How can he be and, fully fit? Well, that's it. And Chris Scott um, probably was on out on the same wavelength as us because he deliberately had Stanley and Blixards yeah. run yeah. and run... And run because they, it was clear as day that Grundy doesn't have that uh, capacity or in or ability to move across the ground like he has for the last two or three years. Uh, what he's been known for, or why he's been so dominant as a, as a ruck. Clearly, there is something there. Whether it's just a little a niggle or, or some tightness um, that flares up from inflammation or whatever the case might be, we went into it um, week, a yeah. little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago. So. Um, you want want to hear the deep dives at Trend Nine? We spent about five ten minutes talking about mm. what we think might be an issue there. Go back and listen to that episode. Um, yeah, look, and, and look, just to touch on Buckley. I mean, no coach uh, likes going in front of a press conference when they lose a game, let alone when they get belted. So um, he obviously had his arms folded right throughout, and that usually says that yeah. You're telling a liar or a porcupine. No, he's just stuck, not wanting to be there. He he said it clearly. He goes, I didn't see this coming and we had nothing more to give, which I, like you, I tend to agree. I just think they spent everything over in WA to get that win. Um, and unfortunately, they come to this game with all the positivity in the world, but when your body can't compete because it's gassed, well, there's not a lot you can do, especially too um, long. Being uh, in a ruthless mood, mode, a mood that they were in, um, 
yeah, and, and obviously play, playing perfect football. I mean, you just have to see that second snap by Dangerfield that just gets him by millimetres. I mean, everything went right. Coin, if that, were, if yeah. that was at the other end of the ground, that's hitting the post every time. I mean, like, it's, it's, they're equally big stories, like Collingwood getting mm. completely dominated and then, you know, Geelong obviously winning in that way. But, yeah, I mean, like, Dugowie, you know, the other thing that's just so crazy as well, like, there's a bunch of these players that are on the open market that ha- were appalling. And then you think it's like they've completely, like, busted up their, not totally, but, like, damaged their trade value. Like, Dugowie was terrible. Like, he was on ball. He was completely ineffective. He was slow. I know, obviously, everybody was gassed, but it, it didn't look good at all. The optics of it were terrible. Like, even no. even that, it's like, what is going on? Like, it was just, I, I just can't believe that. I mean, we had a theory that that section of the draw was going to be gassed come this time, but I think the problem was, like, I, I, I really did think that West Coast would beat Collingwood and then lose this week and lose it by five or six goals. I really, that's how I felt the scenario was going to go. But then Collingwood yeah. got off the canvas, won that game, and I think I just got mesmerized by that win and I just thought you know in the way they won it I just thought that they would be better than that but this was just absolutely ridiculous to go with that really lazy hook miss as well like that was just embarrassing um I mean that that point that was one of the lowest points I think I've ever seen a team in a game when um their second goal I think I wrote the second goal came in the fourth quarter I'm pretty sure I think there was there was no score in the second or the third from yeah. Collingwood. That's so, correct. Yeah. yeah, one, 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 one. Yeah, it, yeah. And then so Elliot it, Elliot had the chance to kick the second goal and he missed it directly in front. That that in the fourth that was shocking. Like it was one of those all time moments where you're just like, this is incredible. Like we've just not seen something like. That. And that's where it does start to feel a bit unprecedented. But oh, what? Yeah, let's let's forget let's forget it. And yeah, I mean like. I don't have too much more to say about Collingwood, but I mean, Maynard, like, you know, he's been so good all year and he was terrible. Like, he was so yeah. slow and the, the caps... Nah. All these All these guys, I mean, there have been a number of players at Collingwood that have had very consistent years. Mm. Uh, Maynard, Majacek, um, Taylor Adams, obviously, been brilliant. Pendleby's been rock solid. Chaw, when he's played, he's been pretty... And they just all the whole team were just nowhere to be seen. I mean, I think at quarter half time there was still two or three players, maybe even four at Collingwood, not a single disposal, not a single stat to their name. Well, at like, one point they had seven of, Well, at one point they had seven disposals in total in their offensive fifty. Total for the team. Total. It's crazy. Well so, so <laughs> yeah, speaking of numbers. Just, well, so they had like what? They had a few set shots in the end, um, but they really basically had none. This is, I mean, these numbers are incredible, and then we'll pivot to Geelong. But so uncontested possessions, 251 to 109. <laughs> Marks inside 50, 17 to 5. Like, yeah, wow. Hit outs. Like, this, it's funny, like, the Cats don't care about hit-outs, but, like, you know, so clearances, they won the clearances by, like, 15. It's just incredible. Like, the numbers are absolutely ridiculous. At one point, it was, like, 61 to 19 uncontested marks. Like, it's just, yeah, amazing, amazing, ridiculous game. The, num- the Cats, 134 total marks. Like, there's just some absolutely stupid That's numbers. That's like Rick Scar, yeah. Yeah, oh, there's just, you can really dig through it, and there's some absolutely stupid numbers, but... Yeah, look, the Cats were outstanding. Um, probably one of the best team games I've seen them play for the last probably year or two for sure um, to do it in a final as well and win in that way. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got to have them as... I've, I've, I think they're going to be risen, which we'll get into in, in the in the preview, but, geez, they look good. Um, but, yeah, the Cats, the Cats just looked bigger, stronger. They looked like they had two or three extra people on the ground. Like, it was, it was a joke. It was a Benny Hill game, but yeah, I mean, how many times can we hear saying how good they were? I, I don't like it's you, you, everyone saw the game. I mean, like, even, even like, you know, going into numbers for a second, Selwood into his 10th prelim. I actually had not realized it was that, that ridiculous. 10. Yeah, he's, he's, Ten. Um, he personally, like, he's now got, he's had the most, played the most finals as a cap, or third most finals as a overall. Um, I think there's only two players in the history that have played more finals than him. Um, he's got the most disposals in finals of 
um, anyone. And I think he's got the most tackles or something. Tackle, yes, he, he has the most tackles and finals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's just he's just racking them up, racking them up, racking them up. And he has, he's been a, uh, obviously such a good player since he, he stepped stepped on. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, put on a Geelong jumper. I I can think of maybe a handful of games where he hasn't had an in, a direct influence on them. Um, after his probably first year, and that's about it. That's saying a lot for someone who's played over 300 games. And obviously, been a very, very good captain for that side. It'd be, be good to see him play another grand final yeah, um, and potentially uh, hold the cup up. I think the other thing, too, just to note with Geelong, um, Stanley as well, apparently he's fine. So there was that moment where he was on the bench and pointing at his knees. He got a, a jarred knee, but it's it's fine. Apparently, it's completely fine. Oh. So. I thought he was jabbing with some painkillers. He won't want to miss out, that's for sure. Well, no. He's worked too hard, He's worked too hard for two or three years to get the, finally get the number one rock spot. And um, I think he was really good. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, his I ability know. to move forward or go back, like, yeah, we said it, we said it all year, he, that's what they needed. I think it was more of a confidence thing. I think he needed to feel confident at AFL level and he's finally, finally got that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, this was just a... It was one of those very rare games where one team was insanely off and the other team was insanely on, and that's mm. all we can really say. Like I, I don't know, if you've got any questions, you're welcome to send them through. But I, I, I don't know what else to talk about with this game. Like it, it was just a, nice. a complete whitewash. And um, yeah, I think Geelong have asserted themselves once again. They shouldn't have lost that last game. They won a lot of the key indicators, or at least even a lot of them in the previous game, but just couldn't. Um, couldn't influence the scoreboard. Score. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas now they <laughs> giga score, they completely turned it around. They kicked 100 points in a final and probably could have kicked more. So yeah, I mean, it, this was just this was just absurd. Like, when have you seen Benabry play like that ever? Pretty oh. much in his whole career. No, can't remember. I can't remember a game where he's been so non-influential. Um, I can only, I can literally, can, I know he did have more touches, but I can only remember one incident. One instance, instance where he Incense. had a disposal that actually did anything, um, and it was early in the game mm. uh, on the wing where they found a little bit of space and time. Yeah, that is it. It was probably second touch for the game. So, yeah, very, very un- unusual, and uh, yeah, be interesting to see what the uh, the washout is like for the Pies over the off season. Well, just very quickly on that before we get into that, because um, I don't want to talk about that very briefly. But like, I don't. The other thing too is I know he's not Mister Consistent, but like, how how does how do we have a scenario where Cox plays last week, like dominates for like a quarter and a half, kicks three goals, looks fantastic, and then this week, like the rest of the team looks completely gassed, but at the same time, like he was absolutely terrible again. So I, I just it was just a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre scenario. I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I want to forget about. No, this I'm game. not like you. No, I don't, don't think there's too much I can. No. Can take you out of this game or discuss it was yeah was was one for the ages but not one for the ages yeah that makes sense I started um building a, a wardrobe in the other room it just was so boring that was just insane domination yeah well I ended up going for a night run yeah you went for the old run <laughs> it was, was going to wait and I went I can't I'm just going to go out now and get it done and be well, up by midnight <laughs> you'll see all the results and you can look at the replay and all that sort of stuff later on but yeah exactly yeah. Um, on the free agency front, just very briefly, um, so we'll obviously do a trade period discussion and, and we'll do, um, you know, season um, reviews and stuff before we come back um, next year. Uh, we'll take a big break. But I don't, the other thing I, I just want to touch on, so Trelaw's, um partner, um, she's in the, she plays um, top um, netball. She netball signed, I don't know if you saw this, but she signed with a Queensland team to play there next year. So, and Stuart Jews come out and said, we'd be we'd be happy to, or not, I don't think he used the word happy to, but I think he basically said we would entertain, I think he said, um, pick five for Trelaw. And free Hungry Jacks for Trelaw and his family? Free HJs for the baby. Mm. But, no, apparently, like, apparently, apparently. That's, apparently that's on. 
So don't be that's, surprised if you see Trelaw go to the Gold Coast. I'm sure he'll try to get to Brisbane, but at the same time, I don't be surprised if that happens. The other one too is apparently Carlton have rejected. Um, this is rumor, but apparently Carlton have rejected to go his offer. Yeah, which is a he yeah. wanted a million dollars, which is, is absurd in his cap. With these caps, yeah, he crazy. He is, he's, he's he's crazy. Literally, he, he thinks he's Jesus. He has unrealistic expectations of his market value. If he wants to get money, why not have taken the North deal? Why not have gone to uh, North? They offered him a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. he. I, I don't see. He'll either. Stay at Collingwood because I think Collingwood will give him the most amount of money. Because um, North probably, probably realizing that's not worth throwing the cash at him, oh. as you said, alluded to. He well, has. Right dom- uh, he, well, he, he's demonstrated that he can't win a flag. He wants. He says he wants to play in the midfield and be like Dusty Martin. Well, show it on the field first, and then get paid, because that's what Martin had to do. He has flashes of brilliance, but he is an extreme discount, Dustin Martin. Like he, he, he's you know. Let's be honest. Like let's let's be completely you know frank. He's not even in the same ballpark. No, 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 no. He's if he wants to be, he needs two or three years to prove his mantle. Like you can't just sit there and go, oh, well, I can kick five goals in one game. Essendon is a case in point. They threw big money at Jake Stringer, similar player. Jake Stringer has not done anything at Essendon. That might not be his fault. That could be Essendon's fault. But um, yeah, I don't. I just yeah, Digo. I think shot himself in the foot this year. I think he shot himself definitely because now I saw an article today, and I actually didn't necessarily disagree with a lot of the ideas. And it was should should essentially the idea was putting forward in the article should. Um, Colin would spend the Degoe money on um, Jeremy Cameron. Seems all right. It's not the worst idea. It would work for them. Yeah, I mean, but if he's willing to come to Melbourne on eight hundred grand, which they, I think, would be able to get close-ish to if they juggled a few things around, probably let Stevenson go. But, I mean, they actually... Stevenson had his exit interview uh, today and supposedly that they've said that they won't trade him, but who knows? That, that, means, that means absolutely zero. Yeah, it doesn't mean nothing. Uh, that, means, <laughs> that means nothing. Probably means he's getting traded if they say that. But, yeah, I mean, like, it means nothing. But, um, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see. The Pies are, I think, a fascinating team to discuss um, given the this. Yeah. Well, they're just so on the cusp of it. They've got so many interesting players to talk about. But, like, they've also had, like, so much heartbreak. And the last few years, they've been a very interesting team to talk about. But um, So that's those two games. Um, we'll also, of course, do a, a big preview um, for the upcoming two games as well in the preliminary finals. Um, please check out Hopstone, hopstone.com.au, and you can use the promo code AFLDEEPDIVE to get $25 off your first pack. Um, great way to start your Christmas shopping and uh, avoid the crazy crowds and <laughs> avoid getting corona um, at Chadston this year and just, just get Hopstone home instead. Uh, all the best. Check out Beyond the Game TV. Uh, we'll see you soon. See you soon. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. See you later.